toured a memory care community and thought, there's no way I would put my mom or dad here. Well, we've worked with so many families who have felt exactly the same way. They tour the community and leave feeling defeated, no matter what their loved one's level of memory loss is. I'm your host, Valerie Borgman, and today we're taking a look at why families have such a strong reaction to memory care communities. And if you've never been to one, we're going to take a look at what exactly you can expect. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. Hi, and welcome to the show. We've had many episodes on Alzheimer's and memory care, but none quite like this. In this week's episode, we're going to take a look at memory care communities from three perspectives what they're actually like, what to expect from a tour, and what you should expect after moving in. So let's start with what they actually look like. Well, the first thing is that they vary. Some have all private rooms, some have both private rooms and shared rooms, and some only have shared rooms. This is actually one of the first obstacles for some families. The idea of a shared room can be a little (laughs) off-putting. Families wonder about the roommate. Will they get along? And of course, the first thing to keep in mind is that shared rooms are always of the same gender, unless, of course, it's a husband and wife that both have Alzheimer's. But one of the benefits of a shared room is companionship. Very often, those with memory loss feel more comfortable having someone close by. So even though you and I wouldn't want a roommate, your mom might really like it. So let's talk about the common areas. Most communities have a centralized common area with a TV and a dining area. They may also have smaller activity areas where you might find a crib with baby dolls, or you might find stuffed animals or items that residents could put on, like jackets or hats. There are many different creative ways that communities try to involve those that have memory loss, and some of that can even be jobs to do. So this is another point, though, that a lot of families bring up. As far as the TV rooms, they feel like the residents are just plopped in front of a TV and aren't getting that much stimulation. And I'm not saying this doesn't happen, but it's important to take a look at What do they really want? What does your loved one really need? And there are certainly times of day when even you and I are less active. Some other activities that I really love involve music. And there is this great documentary called Alive Inside. I'm going to put a link to that in show notes. And it just really takes a look at how music affects memory loss and different areas of our brain and can really wake up someone that has been non-communicative. And so it's a a really great documentary that I would definitely recommend taking a look at. Overall, when it comes to activities, we find that families are sometimes not satisfied with the activity program. 
Maybe they're visiting and they see this great activity going on, but their loved one isn't participating. Or maybe they feel like there aren't enough activities. It's important to recognize that with memory loss, there are going to be good days and bad days and good hours and bad hours. And sometimes too much stimulation can be a bad thing. So one of the other things that families have mentioned about memory care communities that really kind of bother them is the fact that the doors are locked. They kind of feel like this idea of their mom or dad being locked inside doesn't feel good. But of course, with memory loss, you just never know, even if your mom or dad isn't wandering and exit-seeking, which is what they call it, even if they're not doing that right now, it doesn't mean that they couldn't do that unexpectedly. And so this is why doors are locked. Sometimes they're alarmed, and the difference has to do with fire safety. So, you know, you have to have so many feet from the door for folks to be safe. And so sometimes you'll find alarms versus actual locked areas when it comes to exit doors. But, you know, this is this is one of those things that can be really difficult to accept about a memory care community. Another big difference between assisted living and memory care is that you may or may not find call buttons. And part of that just has to do with the fact that someone who has memory loss may not remember when to use the call button appropriately or not really have any idea what it's used for at all. And so very often you'll find that there won't be the call buttons, but the memory care communities usually have more staff on hand. And they're usually doing checks with the residents just to make sure that they're okay and, and doing well. Also with memory care, you'll find that they should be <laughs> really monitoring your loved one in terms of when they need things. When are they sundowning and maybe they need more attention? When do they usually need to use the restroom? And so really trying to make it a much more personalized care plan because most of the time with someone with memory loss, they're not able to always make their needs known. The staff should be trying to anticipate your loved one's needs. And this is really where you can be an amazing advocate, especially if you've been the caregiver. If there are things that you know, the, even the smallest detail could really help out the caregivers. Another thing about the care is that in a community setting, you're usually going to find that the residents are at different stages of Alzheimer's or dementia. And this can be really hard. We've had family members tell us after touring a community that there is no way they could see their loved one there because the residents are way more advanced than their mom. Or maybe there are more residents that are advanced, or even if it's just one or two, they don't want their mom to see what her future in the disease could be. And I would challenge you to just kind of think about how much of that is your perception as a family member. Most of the time, there really is no way to control the different levels of Alzheimer's and dementia that residents have. And so sometimes it's just a matter of asking yourself, would your mom even notice? Is it something maybe that you're more uncomfortable with? So now that you know what to expect from the community itself, let's talk about the tour. You'll usually start in an office, sitting down and talking through your loved one's needs and your expectations. And then you'll actually go through and tour the memory care area. Now, if you're touring memory care for a current need, it may help you to think about the things that your mom or dad does. The more you can prepare yourself for the tour, the better. 
With memory care, there is no way to predict what you might encounter on a tour. Here are a few things that we've encountered when taking families on a tour. A resident might start to follow you around. They may try to talk with you or touch you. They may be playing with dolls or their own clothing. They may be just wandering around. There might be bathroom accidents. They might be undressing themselves. They may call out, like yelling. And they may try to follow you out the door when you leave. These things can be really startling and uncomfortable and just difficult to face, especially if this is your first memory care tour or if your loved one is at a different stage, maybe an earlier stage and they're not exhibiting some of these things. So try to mentally prepare yourself. And sometimes it can help to think about whether you want to tour alone or whether you want to bring a family member or friend. And also, most families wouldn't bring their loved one on this first tour. So now you've chosen a memory care community. Let's talk about the long term. And we've actually got a great episode on moving day, moving into memory care that I'll put a link to in show notes. So for the long term, you should expect the care plan is going to change. It's going to change because your loved one's needs are going to change as the disease progresses. So a roommate might be a great match today, but maybe in six months, it starts to not be a good match. Or maybe sundowning might change bathing routines or activity times. Even a full moon and the changing of the seasons can affect your loved one. But with all these changes, you should find a supportive community and not just the staff, but other family members. This is such a brutal disease and having the support of other families that are facing the same challenges you are is crucial. So try to be as objective as possible as you're going through and touring and even choosing a memory care community and go with your gut. We tell families all the time that if it doesn't feel right, move on. And now that you know more of what to expect, prepare yourself mentally and emotionally and just trust that you'll know when you've found the right place. Today's episode is brought to you by ClearPath Senior Living Solutions. ClearPath helps families find assisted living, memory care, and other resources. Find our contact information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.